And that is right on. Ooh, look at That's that. how you fucking do it. God, you do it every time, brother. Hit the bubbly. Blah, 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 blah. Go. Oh. What I do this myself? I clap it off and then I just do a bunch of bullshit for me to scrub through later. <laughs> Hi, me. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And you know what I'm going to say? We have a dynamite episode 40 for you guys. Guys, do us a solid. If you haven't subscribed yet, go in there, subscribe. You know, Get some friends to subscribe. Take two seconds, give us five stars. We are growing, and we really do appreciate it. Guys, I am Brandana, and with me, as always, our podcast, Beat Em to 40, most awesome. <laughs> I was going to sit there and just do 40 acapella air horns <laughs> just right <laughs> into the mic. <laughs> we're 40. Like, I think we're waiting for our big bash to be uh, 52, right, when we kind of hit that year marker. But our uh, our podcast, is it's over the hill. It is healthy. It's cooking. We're getting there, yes, exactly. We're we're now mature. We've got a little bit of gray on our sure. pod. And, you know, sure. here we go. That'd be really funny if the little icon of the pod just kind of like had a little gray around the edges, just just kind of like a receding pod line, like it kind of goes up like a little bit. <laughs> right, exactly. For our big episode 40, here's the rundown we have for you guys. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're talking great coaches. We're going to hit that MAB inbox. We're going to jump into an MAMA parenting tip. We're talking... Liar, liar. Going to do the Neapolitan right. Showdown, the worst thing about house guests. A little MAB date night. We're doing 1996's Hits of the Little Giants. And we'll finish as we always do with the MVP. Guys, chock full episode, especially whenever we have a date night. This is your hour power. Uh, let's go. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, brother. Rip from the headlines. We're talking great coaches. Why are we doing this, bro? We're doing this because, you know, right now we're in the kind of the throes of the NFL and the NBA. And we're, we're, we're really just looking about, okay, so we've got, you know, Greg Popovich, you know, you've got Doc Rivers, you've got a couple yeah. senior coaches in the NBA, and you've got a couple senior coaches in the NFL, predominantly Bill Belichick. Yep. Well, what's, what's, what, where do we go from here? If we're invested in these two leagues, where do we go from here in terms of the next great coaches? Yeah, that's a great point because we kind of talked about, you know, uh, a few pods. Uh, Pod past, we talked a little bit about, you know, quarterbacks and kind of taking over the league. But I think one thing that might be overlooked, might not, is kind of you need those great coaches also to step in and kind of fill in those shoes. So uh, I'll jump in, uh, you know, me, Brandana, NFL guy. Sure. Uh, I'll talk a little bit like, so I I looked at some of the great coaches in the NFL and Belichick coming Mm -hmm. to the end of his road. I I think one big change I see now that kind of these new, and there's only one new could be great coach on my radar and that's uh sean mcveigh i'm sure you yeah. kind of agree with that yeah and it's also like here's here's what changed to me in the nfl there's a new style of coaching it used to be 
and it still kind of is for majority of these coaches, it's try not to get fired. Like it's less right. of just like I'm bringing my style in and it's more of like I don't want to lose my fucking job. So there's no thinking outside the box. You don't see any going for it for like two points in the first half. There's no like going for it fourth down on your own side in the first half. There's no like, you know, you kind of let your foot off the gas a little bit. You go into like the prevent defense or you go into just like kind of running the ball when you have the lead. That's something he's not doing. And I don't see like a lot of other of these young coaches taking the balls and doing that. They're just trying to hold on to their job. Yeah, and I will say, though, I think this year, recently, we have had a couple indications, and and I bet you we will see this growing. I think the trend is going to switch from prevent defense, hold on the ball, to there's six minutes left in the fourth quarter, we got to put up another touchdown. Yeah. And and we've we've had instances where coaches have been supremely aggressive, and I actually think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun for the viewing audience if we see more teams just – go for two, go for fourth, uh, you know, fourth down conversions. I think it'll make for a much more compelling uh, a, a league to watch. Doug Peterson in in Philadelphia, he's older. I didn't have him on my list as kind of guys I'm looking out for. I'm tapping, but he's yeah. a guy that's been super aggressive and, and translated that aggression into a Super Bowl win. Uh, we talked about Frank Reich uh, with the Colts being real aggressive on some fourth down calls when he – statistically probably shouldn't have yep. but i think we're, we're going there and, and and sean mcveigh was yeah he's one of those guys who's 32 years old a little bit of a wonderkin we all kind of love the fact and i think if you're looking at it he's you know the rams are 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 doing great and uh you know who knows what the future could hold for him plus he could coach for another 25 30 years and put himself up there as one of the greats uh bill belichick is third all time just to give some context, with 255 wins, yeah. uh, Don Don Shula uh, has the record with 328. All those guys coach right around 31, uh, 30 years. Belichick is in his 24th or fifth year as a head coach. So mm-hmm. McVeigh, 32, two years in, you could see, hey, getting up there is one of the greats. So what's the big thing? Like break down the percentages to me. I know I have my number on. How essential, I looked at a lot of these combos as I was trying to kind of figure this out. And one thing that always pops up is that great coach usually always has that great quarterback. They kind of right. have that longevity. I mean, you know, you have, um, yeah, the only one, uh, I mean, you have Bill Belichick with Tom Brady, obviously. I mean, you have, like you said, Don Shula had Dan Marino. You have, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in San, San Francisco, you had uh, Bill Walsh, who had like a little Joe Montana, like followed up with Steve Young. Uh, the only kind of outlier I saw, let me know if I'm kind of missing something, is it seemed like Cower is regarded as, you know, probably top 10 coach of, you know, kind of right. our generation and kind of patchworking together a little bit. There was like a little Cordell Stewart stretch there, and he didn't quite get the ring to the very end. But, you know, I, I don't yeah. think he was ever really kind of like his neck wasn't being breathed down. Yeah, and he had Neil O'Donnell, which won him, I believe, that Super Bowl. Um but he doesn't have longevity. He, Cower has been out since 2006 as a head coach. Yeah. Um, I was looking at this because there's another coach that was out at that time <laughs> that I actually think should make the Hall of Fame and is not. I'm talking about Marty Schottenheimer, and it really mm. shows that Marty Schottenheimer, yeah. 200 wins, 200 yeah. wins. Put that in context, that is sixth all time. Every coach in the top seven, except for Marty Schottenheimer, Bill Belichick obviously will be a Hall of Famer um, in the Hall of Fame. He is not. I think the biggest Achilles heel is he didn't get that conference championship or, you know, run, you know, Super Bowl 
you know, uh, at least entering in the Super Bowl. So it's almost I like think that's a big factor. So it's almost like the quarterback thing, right? Like if you don't have those rings, then we're not having the conversation. Yeah, I think I think if you're going to be a Hall of Fame football coach, I was kind of trying to forecast if you have one to two Super Bowl wins and 175 victories, you're in. Yeah. But I do think every once in a while, like the, st- the statistical merits of a coach kind of outweigh that. Marty Schottenheimer coached for 21 years. Like I said, 200 career victories. Only two seasons did he have ever under 500. I mean, that's pretty wow. – I mean, that's, wow. that, you know, longevity, long-term. Yeah, he didn't win the big one. Yes, he had some, some you know, just in the in the primetime moments, he kind of crumbled a little bit. But, I mean, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame coach. That's what I was going to ask if it was like a little bit of a recency bias, right? Like, because I think on paper it's just like, oh, like he kind of lost in the playoffs. But when you think Marty Schottenheimer right now with anyone that's our age, especially like, you know, we're around a lot of Chiefs fans. And even sure. when he went over to San Diego, like in the driver's seat a lot of time in the AFC and just couldn't fucking get it done. Right. Yeah. And I think that's probably unfortunately what's going to shroud his career a little bit. And it really shouldn't. I mean, we should get past it. We look at we make concessions. It's so odd. It's one of those things where it'll be unfortunate because I can guarantee you, like, eventually Marty Schottenheimer will get into it. It'll be probably like posthumously that they will let him in. And we really said we kind of look back. We get the distance away from the emotional component of it. And we really look at it in comparison to everyone else and we we award these guys well after their career so it's a shame that marty won't get to see it and obviously he's dealing and battling with his health issues and you know it's it's just a shame but uh bill cowher also has like significantly less number of wins um but he does have that super bowl chip so it'd be unfortunate that he gets in over somebody like a schottenheimer or or a couple other guys that are out there yeah and really fast before we jump over that's just going to say it's a little bit of just like you know Eli Manning won two championships. Would anybody even have the debate? Is Eli Manning a better quarterback than Dan Marino? Like that would like, right, but it's right. also like when you look back in the history books, like is all that going to kind of fade away? Like for people that didn't get to see the two guys play and people are just going to be like, Oh, cause Eli Manning has to go almost by default to the hall of fame might be like one of yeah. the weakest quarterbacks. I can imagine going there. Right. Absolutely. Do you think um, a little bit back on the coach tip? Do you think like Marty Schottenheimer compared to like a, a Tom Coughlin, like, you know, Tom Coughlin will have to go there beating the Patriots twice. Right. But is he a better coach than Marty Schottenheimer? Oh, that's a that's an interesting thing. So also, too, you look at, like, Coughlin going to the Jacksonville Jaguars being um, in the general management thing. I think you look at just the career, not just as a head coach, um, but you look at all their efforts that they've done, you know, in football whatsoever. So, you know, depending, obviously, right now the Jags are kind of middling right now. But, you know, it, it, you know, they made the AFC Championship last year. He's kind of turned the culture around a little bit here. It'd be interesting to see kind of what, what you know, what that second act of his career. Marty didn't have that second act of his career. Um, and I think he, you know, if he has a, a couple wins or a couple executive of the year type awards, you can kind of make a strong case for him, not just as a head coach, but his collective contributions to the NFL. Awesome, brother. Well, let's jump over real fast. We've got to get up uh, out of this because we're up against it, as we always are. Let's do a little hoop. Who's the young guns on your radar, kind of hoop coach-wise, that you're just like, okay, well, this is kind of the new era coming in? Sure. I We, we talked about him um, when we had uh, pod guest Tom Fleming on. I talked about 
uh, Brad Stevens for the Celtics. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think he's kind of he's almost not not quite the McVeigh because he's not. I don't think he's revolutionizing a lot of things, but he's just kind of that young energy coming in that's making shit happen now with you know with one of the most stories franchises in the NBA, and that's a big thing too, right? right? Like when you step into those Celtic shoes, you step into those like Lakers shoes or whatever. Like those, it's kind of a bigger spotlight to so to kind of be that young and make things happen is uh, is where you need to be. Right, exactly, and the, and the thing is, is he's he's forty one years old. I mean, in a, in a game where I think you can coach longer, over more time, Pop, uh, Greg Popovich is seventy years old. He's right up. He's he will basically about this time when you guys are listening to this, he'll he'll have passed Popovich will have passed Pat Riley for uh, fourth all time on career wins. Um, it's right around twelve hundred uh, and ten or so, twelve hundred eleven. Brad Stevens, every year that the Celts have played, they've gotten incrementally better. Even with some of the patchworks of last team, his teams have won 25 games, 40 games, 48 games, 53 games, 55 games. They just keep getting better. So I can see him maintaining, you know, if if everything gets goes right with with free agency for him, maintaining a high level of, of coaching. And because he's he's been able to grind out quality wins with kind of patchwork teams, he can get consistently 45 wins a year. I wouldn't be too shocked by that. So here's my big question to ask you, though. Like, I know just because it's all in one segment and the MAB Sports Podcast put in one segment doesn't necessarily mean it's a one-to-one ratio. Like, uh, NBA head coach, like, you know, is Eric Spolcher or whatever, like, great, like, with his two, like, championships? You know what I'm saying? Like, how much is it these players that kind of own it and just, you know, like a – a Luke Walton all of a sudden like locks himself mm. into just having like all this young talent and a LeBron James. Yeah. And I, th- and, and that's the thing is, is I think, you know, Steve Kerr will get into the hall of fame because of his bulls run. Like I said, the collective contribution to the game. Yeah. Um, but he basically lucked into a golden state warriors where it was like trending perfectly. Luke Walton was the assistant on that golden state. Um, obviously, you know, they got, here's a fun little fact. Uh, Luke Walton drafted in the second round in the same draft as LeBron. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, so it's, it's this weird dynamic where yes, Luke Walton is the head coach and he is only yeah. 38 years old, but I don't see him as the van, like a vanguard of, of the league. If you look at, there's a couple young guys in their in their first season. Um, I go. I know. I keep going back to Toronto, and I know I keep, keep bringing keep, Toronto. Keep doing up. it, most awesome. We do it all I the love fucking it. time. I love, I, if I think I most Toronto. awesome, I think Toronto talk. That's all I think about. Most awesome Toronto exactly. talk. Hand in hand. I'm a Raptor. I'm a Raptor. Uh, Nick Nurse, the head coach, he revolutionized their offense last year, which helped propel them to 60 wins. Um, started off the season six and zero. Oh. So it's one of those things. Like he's he's 50 years old, but again. If he coaches for 20 years, like Pop and Pop 70, I, I think it's totally reasonable. And uh, I like he's a good young head coach, another good young head coach with some pedigree. That's the other thing with these pedigree guys. Like Luke Walton has, eh, I don't know what kind of pedigree Luke Walton has um, in compared to some of the other guys. But the the Suns head coach, Igor Kikoskov, Kikoskov. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to butcher that. Drink, just drink. Just drink for that I wrote it out phonetically. Fuck, man. <laughs> oh, you did? I'll, too much, oh, I'll take too another much. run out of it. Brother, I'll do anything for you, man. You want me to edit this out? I'll make you sound like no, a no, genius. No, no, no. No, no edits. Don't edit me, bro. Right. Don't, right. I don't I don't. want to. I don't want to. Sh- okay. Come at me. Come get this work, <laughs> audience. Um, anyways, 
Euro head coach, first coach born outside of the uh, United States, uh, coming here. He had a, an unbelievable career in the European leagues and things like that. Um, very, very talented young on the corner. He's 46 years old. I think he's got a good squad with Phoenix. He's got some pieces. DeAndre Ayton, uh, my my early benchmark for rookie of the year. Uh, you yep. got Devin Booker. I think there's some pieces there. There's a little bit of flavor. And, hey, you know, Phoenix is a good city to live in. I love it. Uh, yeah, my big closing thought I think right now is unlike kind of the – like we're going to compare the NFL to the NBA – it's almost like for some of these superstars that are so big, the superstar, the best player on the team can actually overshadow the coach. So it's almost just like a figurehead. Like you technically need a coach. So you just put a guy in a tie and you pay him like whatever, like, you know, $2 million a year. You just have him stand on the sideline and don't piss LeBron James off. Yeah. I, and that's the thing of Spolstra, going back to your point, Spolstra's two champ, championship wins will be kind of shrouded with just LeBron if he can't ever get back to the finals yeah, again. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, all right, brother. Uh, very well done. Let's jump into the MAB inbox. Uh, yes, sir. So right now we have a, a nomadber right now. He's like, Van Gundy thinks that Carmelo Anthony is a lock for the Hall of Fame. Do you need to be a good scorer in basketball to qualify as a Hall of Famer? Because I don't see him doing anything else successfully in his NBA career. Can I jump on this, brother? I got some thoughts. Jump, jump deep. Into I'm it, going friend. to jump because uh, I like to sound like the talent. I'm not, but... You know, I was going to say around this Halloween time, but obviously it's after Halloween. But <laughs> if it weren't, I would be going as most awesome for Halloween right now with this, that. Uh, so we're heading into the Christmas season, bro. We are, we are right up against it. Uh, so 10-time All-Star, 2012-13, yeah. scoring title, six-time All-NBA. Uh, so he's number 22 all-time on the scoring list. So here's the stats I'm going to break down. By the down. time they're listening, they're, he'll probably have already passed that. He'll yeah, probably have already passed. Data. We almost, Alex, have, we almost have to tell him about the time stamp, right, just so I don't look like a fucking idiot. The one time I try to jump in and do like a little actual talent fielding, like I'm going to look yeah, like yeah, an yeah, yeah, idiot. Yeah. Uh, so here's the big thing. Um, there's only five players above him at the 22 slot, wherever he is now, that's not in the Hall of Fame. Two of those are... I, I fucking love this, Brandana, because this is exactly what I did. Oh, man. did you? Okay, this great. This is exactly what I... Oh, can, can no, I... Go for can it. I, do go. It? I love it. Thanks, I love buddy. It. Thanks. Back. You remember this that one like time? Looking yeah. in, this is like looking in a mirror. <laughs> yeah, please back. You remember that one time, like, I, I let you host me a little bit when I was doing, like, the Brandana Gambling Corner. We kind of switched it, so... Let, yeah, let, let, yeah. let me break this, because I did do my homework, because I wanted to make you proud. Uh, so there's only five players above him. Two of those players are still active. Uh, three of those yep. aren't far enough out of retiring from the game uh so it's basically everyone until you get to number 47 on the scoring list is in the hall of fame so him sitting at number 22 all time there is no way he does not get into the hall of fame nba love scores you score you get in that's simple here's the thing let me just and, and and for those people that are listening the five that are not there uh tim duncan Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Paul Pierce. Your boy. Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. My, my, my boy, PP. Uh, Inglewood up to no good. Uh, you've got Dirk Nowitzki and LeBron and then Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all those guys, bar none, will be Hall of Famers, first ballot Hall of Famers, no question about it. Yeah. Here's the other thing. When you're talking about Melo, okay, so, so remove, remove Carmelo Anthony's name. And if I was to sit here and, and just ask you this question, audience, listen to this. If I'm going to tell you for 15 years, 15 seasons consecutively at, at uh, you know, plus 70, 65, 70 games, so a majority of the season, you're going to have a player for 15 consecutive seasons that's going to average 24.7 points per game, six and a half rebounds a game, three assists, one steal. Are, 
are you going to tell me that that's not a Hall of Fame player? Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's so hard. Yeah, you're right. And it's so hard to put those in context, right? Because I don't think there's anybody out there screaming, even like when he went into free agency fucking three times ago or demanded a trade like three times. Like nobody was just like, man, fucking that's the missing piece. Get me Carmelo right. Anthony on our team. So it's hard. Like I, I just think it goes to show you like that basketball is just – and I want to ask you this. I don't know if we have the enough time because we are up against it. I do want you to answer it real fast. Well, first of all, I'll answer this. Like, how do I look as like the talent? Do I look pretty good? You look, it? Look, it look good, good? bro. <laughs> it look good I, on me. I, I was looking wear nice? younger. It's like it four <laughs> years younger. It's good, man. <laughs> it uh, real fast. So, is it easier to get into the NBA Hall of Fame than it is the NFL Hall of Fame? Uh, well, I think individual metrics play a big role in it. Um, championships do not, and so I think, yeah. and the, and the game overall, it's. It's the the scoring and everything like that really hasn't changed that dramatically. The the style hasn't changed. I'm sure people will argue with this over the 80s and 90s and 70s and what have you. But but still, I think like um, I think I think if you score at a high level, the that is the easiest corollary to make it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, because Alex English, Alex English, the guy that that Mello is passing, is a, is like an unbelievable comparable to Mello's career. A, a revolutionary like small forward wing player who can score low shoot do all these different things didn't win jack shit but was considered one of the top 15 players in the league for a good long while and that's what mellow is yeah that's what i need you to boil down actually that's perfectly put is there's just a higher pedigree on championships in the nfl like those matter those are what you need to get you over the hump almost to like not not to a detriment but that will actually bolster resume like we were just saying like an eli manning to get you in right. there where maybe like your career doesn't do it kind of the opposite in the nba like you know like all the rings necessarily won't get you in there but the individual accolades like the stats are like that's what they're looking at yeah, I mean, Carl Malone is a perfect example of somebody who didn't win. But, you know, he had great moments in the playoffs. He just didn't get over the hump. Mailman. Carl Malone, the mailman. You know what I mean? I mean, Carl Malone, but he's put up unbelievable numbers. So, And for a long period of time. Same thing with John Stockton. John Stockton was not a high scorer, but, you know, had a high assist. Total, leads the, well, leads the league in assists. So maybe that obviously gets him in. But still, it's one of those things. It's, it's a contributions to the game. I like that. The other thing is, is too – Go ahead. No, you go ahead, brother. I was just gonna say the other thing when you're judging Melo, and I because the NBA you, you have to look at it, look at it, especially in his era. I know when he was 24, he took to the conference finals, the 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 Denver Nuggets there, and that was really his only biggest run in the NBA. But tell me from his Denver years and his Knicks years, and this is for the a question for the audience again: Who was Melo's like number two? Who was his best guy? That he ever played with, it, no one comes off the paper because he didn't really have anybody. You could yeah. talk about like Chauncey Billups for a little bit. You could talk about Allen Iverson from he had for like a like like two seasons in Denver. Yeah, you know before Allen Iverson fell apart in New York, he had no support. So. Yeah, God, he went everywhere. You know, we should actually dog ear this. I think we could do a legit, like, rip from the headlines just about Carmelo Anthony because you know I have some thoughts on him. I but I do like how we boomerang back here. Like, I kind of was mimicking the talent, and then by the end, you're dropping actual stats about Carl Malone, and I just yelled out, the mailman. Yep, Brandon, you know <laughs> nicknames. Awesome, Brandon. You're perfect. Uh, all right, we're up against it. Uh, MAMA parenting tip. Bring us to that jam. Uh, 
M.A. Parenting Tips. Ooh, always love when we do this, brother. We're talking Liar Liar, and I don't think it's a Jim Carrey movie. What's going on, bro? <laughs> no, I just brought this up because, um, you know, nothing in particular with the house, but just every once in a while you, you have a little little white lie, a little Ooh. fib, a little little storytelling, a little tall Ooh. tale that comes out of your kids. And so I thought it would be a good time to, to talk a little bit about that, maybe some motivations as to why the kids uh, are doing that and maybe some tactics for parents to – to try and uh, you know work work through that. I like that, bro. It kind of brings me up. Uh, we're probably not going back to this, but it, uh, the knock knock doll or the that doll that we were dealing with like a few episodes back in the past. Yeah, 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 yeah. The nom nom doll. Nom, Good nom, job. Nom, nom 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 nom. So knock so, knock doll. So, who's there? I stole <laughs> who's, it. Who's there, doll? Uh, uh, so <laughs> is this like a little bit of a? This seems like it could kind of you know jettison off that or like a little bit of a phase maybe where we're testing I, I know i remember we're talking about the nom nom doll that it wasn't necessarily like testing the waters like she wasn't like trying to manipulate and see your reaction but it's like like a little bit of fading into you're not necessarily like raising liars it's just it is a part of growing up to where you just sure. start saying you realize the power of saying shit that's not true and then kind of yes. learning the repercussions of that yeah, yeah. I would say one of the motivations that I was going to talk about is, is just real quickly, is just, just the, what you're saying is, is just as kids, they kind of learn like, oh, I have a voice and I can say things, and it's literally it just becomes like I'm just testing out. The moon is blue. The, the dog is gray. You know, and they're you know or whatever they want to say. Like they just start saying crazy shit. I, uh, I little little story of, on my own. I could tell of, of a lie that most Austin told when he was a kid. So when I uh, when I was growing up, I was like five years old. I really wanted to have a dog growing up, but we didn't have a dog. And so I went to daycare when my mom dropped me off, and apparently I spent the whole day talking about uh, a dog that I had, a golden retriever. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And so when my mom came to pick me up, all the ladies that worked there were like, oh, you know, Paul's been talking about your dog, Peaches. <laughs> and oh, you, you, named, you yeah. named your fake dog Peaches. That's adorable. Named my fake dog Peaches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're, they, he loves that dog so much. That's so great. My mom's like, um, we don't have a dog. We don't. And so I just sat there. <laughs> so it's one of those things. It is a little bit of to test it out. Yeah. It is a little bit. Uh, well, I think also when well, you're younger, it's kind of before you get into specifics. Uh, it's kind of hard to walk your way out of, right? Because you don't, you don't kind of like that that humility muscle or kind of that like accountability muscle isn't like strong yet or like even really been worked out or discovered. So there's a little bit of just like, oh shit, like I'm fucking in it now. Like I don't know if a U-turn's an option. Like we're just gonna keep walking down this tunnel. And I would say, and a little bit on that too is, is like for me when I was when I did that with like peaches and stuff like. That I was a little bit older, so I probably knew a little bit. I was a little bit more cognizant of what I was doing. And there's a little bit where they talked about. I was doing some reading where there's like there's a little bit of like esteem, like self esteem, and and like searching for approval that comes from it, right? Mm, yeah, it's sure, a, it's an innocuous sure. lie. It doesn't mean anything. But the the you know the women that I was that were watching me, I could sense that they were thought it was cute, thought it was adorable, and then thereby. I was lifted up and I was cute and I was adorable. I wasn't dog faced Austin anymore. Yeah. I was, oh, you know, man. I was just a little. <laughs> oh, that still hurts my heart, bro. Just, just, just laying <laughs> oh, it out, man. man. Just laying it out. Get your pot tissue's um, ready. Jesus. Um, right, right. But, you know, so it's one of those things. So, you know, need for attention. Sometimes it's just impulse control or just testing it out. And then, like I said, sometimes with older kids, it is the esteem, self esteem, trying to gain attention. So, 
you know, so as a parent, what do we do, right? Like, what? Do yeah. we, how do we? How do we kind of come at it? How do we target it? I, I think for like the little white lies, the the stuff that um, is doesn't mean anything, especially when they're younger. What you really want to do, much like I've talked about a lot about in in parenting tips, is 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 just trying to pivot that conversation. You really don't, you know, if the kid's telling you they got a dog and you know they didn't get a dog, like I, in the, in that situation, you're trying to move from that conversation. Oh, yeah. Okay, you got a dog, like, but let's, like, you know, like let's trying to like walk him back to the light. Like you're just like, no, like like it's like a healthy like. No, you remember like we were over there. Like you don't have a dog. Like kind of giving them kind of the get out of jail free card, if you will, or just kind of like bring him back to or. Is it just changing the subjects and just dropping it, and never bringing it up again? Yeah, I would say I would say not trying not to put any sort of attention or energy into that lie. If you know it's just like a little white lie and just pivoting altogether, because because at that point it is kind of impulsive. It is kind of you know just quick. Maybe it goes away. Maybe it becomes a fleeting thing. Now, if it becomes a consistent story that we're telling. Then yes, you have the you have that walk it back, and that's where I, I you can do a couple different things. Like one is you can actually just be direct and say the truth. Like, look, Paul, I know you don't have a dog, you know, so we don't we we shouldn't tell these stories, okay? Or if you, why do you think you're telling these stories about a dog that you don't have? Maybe ask them why, right? You don't want to sit there and say, you know, Paul, you're you, a you, fucking liar. Exactly. Thank you. That's exactly it, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You yeah. don't want to. You don't want to come at it like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then there's another thing that I've read that I that I have not tried out, but I did find it interesting that I thought I wanted. It's called a truth check, right? So basically, what it is is you you can sit there and remove yourself from the situation. You sit there. Maybe it's something a little bit more uh, egregious. You know, did you clean your room? You know, no. You know, I did clean my room. I don't really know if you had enough time to clean your room or not. So what I'm going to do, you know, is is I'm going to give you, you know, two minutes. I'm going to come back. If we're going to have this discussion again, if your story changes, that's okay. I still love you. It doesn't matter, but I really just want to know, did you clean your room or not? And I want you to know if you keep, if it's, if we go in there and it's not cleaned, the consequences, the consequences will get greater for not just not cleaning your room, but also not telling the truth. Okay. Damn brother. That's gotta be so hard to walk that tightrope. Cause like on one hand, like you don't want to, you know, Obviously, you're not okay in the line, but also you don't want to come down so hard to where they're afraid to tell the truth. And so they just keep like they they dig deeper in their lie because they're just like, fuck, I'm going to get in so much trouble if I don't tell the truth. You know, like right. it's, it's it's weird to find that balance to like give them like not enough rope to like hang themselves, but enough to kind of like get out of the situation. Still right. let them know that like this is wrong. There are ramifications like the, this can't be a consistent thing, but also like not like such a scolding punishment to where they're just like it's worth tossing the dice on getting away with the lie. So you don't get like just kind of the avalanche of just like punishment. Yeah, it, you're right. You're 100 percent. It is it is a delicate balance. I will say like the the stuff that, you know like directly right like the stuff where it's like the teacher i got a report card back and you didn't the teacher said you didn't do your homework right i would say on stuff like that instead of giving them the opportunity to lie or give some bullshit or give whatever you know that is where if you're if you're very direct you can kind of cut to the quick of that and not make it about the lie and make it about the motivations of why we aren't, we aren't doing x right yeah then there's some other things where you can kind of if they're younger you can kind of give them all right here's an opportunity and you want to kind of and that's the thing is, is i look at it in kind of like tears right that's why the the little white lies you're like i'm not trying to just like you know 
catch them every time that they make a little white lie. That's why we just move on, ignore it. We don't need to have a, a fucking conversation every time we, we do a little white lie. Sure. Then there's the medium-sized lie where I ask him to do something. Did you do it? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, if I go back in there, I will find out if you did or did not do X, Y, or Z. Do you want like, do you want me to give you a, minute, a couple minutes to think it over? And then, you know, and then the third is, is like, all right, I know definitively you didn't do this. I'm not even going to ask you, did you do your homework? I'm just going to ask you, I know you didn't do your homework. Your teacher called me and let me know. So what is going on, yeah. right? And and you kind of have to approach it in those three levels. And obviously, if the kid is mature enough or old enough, you know, you can kind of toggle between where they are in that stage of their life. So there is going to be a little bit of just kind of like a stage to go through where you lie. So it's not necessarily in your best interest to like strike in fear. Like you just kind of have to let them grow out of it and like guide them out of just that little stage going on. Here's a big question yeah. too before uh, we get out of it. So is this a thing? Because it's almost, I, I'm sure it happened in, especially in our generation, like all the kids growing up, there's like the overarching kind of all-encompassing, like as long as you tell me the truth, like you'll never be in trouble, like get out of jail free card. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that is that yeah. something that you try to uh, like avoid? Like maybe it's a little early to talk about also, but is that a negotiation tactic or is that just like a little too... I don't know, too global to apply where it's probably more important to just take it on a case by case basis. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. I, I haven't really thought about it. I, I, you know, I think the the thing is, is like with like going back to the nom nom doll, like she got in trouble for lying to me about not telling me where she got it from, or if she asked somebody then actually taking the doll. So you yes. try and set up those examples where, not telling the truth has sterner consequences than actually just telling me what it is and then we we just we deal with it right yeah so you really you're and that's that's the tough thing as parents is especially when they get older because i remember like growing up as a kid and it's like you know the whole adage right it's like i don't care if anyone's drinking or what's going on you call me you let me know exactly and i'll come and pick you that's up a big one, yeah. and then i and then I call and let them know, and it's like, what the, f-, you know, what's going, like, so you got to back it up. You, as a parent, yeah. you have to be, you have to have that accountability because there is that, you have so few moments, and then you can lose it, right? And and it's, as a parent, you've got to be mindful of that. That's that's the tightrope walk. Yeah. As parents, as you get worn down, you get you get ground down. You're tired. You got everything else, and then if you just have, you have to hold it, and and you know i am sometimes i'm better at it than other times uh and those times when you're not good at it you realize and you're like oh shit i you know i just you need you 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 kick yourself and that's the hardest thing but the best thing is is that tomorrow's a new day it all starts over at the end of the day your kids really love you a ton so you know it's kind of like a a a grand old experiment anyway so (laughs) you know make a few mistakes fuck up and and have at it again tomorrow. You're fucking crushing it, brother. Uh, all right, well, that inspired me. I cannot lie to you, brother. i got to be completely honest. I'm ready to kick your fucking ass in this Neapolitan Woo! showdown. Bring us to that jam. So let's leave it alone Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy All right, Neapolitan Showdown. We are talking 
This has been on my radar a little bit. I wanted to do it since I stayed with you. You didn't want to do it down in your basement, which kind of made sense because I was taking up one of your rooms, occupying it. Uh, worst thing about house guests, and it's the holiday right. season around there, so this is going to play to some of the people's thoughts. Sure, sure, um, sure. I, and here's the thing: you were yeah. you were perfectly good house guest. I just didn't sure. want to make it. Uh, I didn't want to make it too close to home, literally. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and like it's just it's you like bringing the microphone and we're just walking around the room. You let me stay in and you're like, all right, well, this is number three. Like your fucking bags right here, all your stuff sprawled out. Like this is, is you. This, like, is this where our cups go now? <laughs> I didn't realize this. <laughs> I didn't realize. Oh, we all fall asleep with three empty IPA bottles next to the bed. That's how it works. All right, copy that. Good to know. Good yeah, to know. Oh, a little bit of bottom of every one of them. Oh, good. thank God I don't have a two year old that could come by and drink this. <laughs> oh, brother. All right, uh, why don't you take the ball out? Let's see what you got. All righty. All right. So I'm going to go kind of on that tip a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go with my number three. Yeah. I'm going to go with the needy guest, mm. right? So this is so so this is the person and, and here's the thing is is if you come Brandon and you came you stayed at the the Chateau Ooh, uh, Mab Dog. Lovely stay. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing. I don't mind if you ask me for stuff, but I always feel like the needy guest always tries or always ask at the most like inopportune time yeah. especially i've got kids i'm cooking dinner and it's never like anything that's major but it's always like oh hey i know you know i might be making dinner in the middle of, do do you have the wi-fi password i mean it's no big deal <laughs> yeah, if you, no, if you don't no, have the wi-fi password great. but yeah. if you could just give me the wi-fi password right yeah. i really got to send this email and it's like yeah fuck man like you couldn't have asked me when i came home we were sitting on the sofa you're 100 percent right and that's almost just kind of like the the person in general like having one of those because it switches up everything and i'm sure like this we are talking about shitty house guests because you and i you know right like, we host people uh you a lot more than i i'm sure like people traveling and everything it's it's always great to see loved ones and have them stay uh we're just talking about well this is you know pulled from real life experience so probably some of them yeah like no matter just let this inspire to change you if you do any of these things <laughs> um I, i'm gonna go with the straight i'm not gonna try to be super general on this but knocks off routine like and that is that is just that's global. That's across the board. No matter what kind of house guest you are, like it just kind of. And I know, brother, a lot of these are going to, again, be a lot more you than me because you have like the family, you have the kids and everything. But it's just, right. you know, you have that little section. I want to ask you this. Have you ever had a house guest leave and you're just like, man, I wish they could have just stayed for a couple more days. Like, no, even me. And I stayed with you, I think for like fucking 16 hours. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just that presence comes in and it's cool and it's fun and it's great to see the person and like some like best friends have stayed and it's still like, there's just the routines different. And I think yeah. as we get older, as not even specifically as men, I know women have the routine also, like you just kind of get like logged into that and just that being shooken up, like I don't, it just, it makes my hairs perk up. Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. Like, it's so weird. I, I mean, hu the human beings are such like creatures of habit. Even though yeah. we try to we try to shake it up all the time, sure. but we we have our routines. We like the way we do things, and and yes, anytime that you have somebody staying there, it's just it just it just shifts it like seventeen percent more. Like just just yeah. stranger than what it was <laughs> exactly. before. Right? Not not good or bad. There's just like little fucking thing. Like just walking down a hallway now, like. As you, you know, you come around the corner, you just have to be conscious. It's just like, oh, that house, they could be walking down. So I have to like, I just have to turn a corner in a hallway differently. It's just like, maybe it's just, knocks it off. I, I'm going to give the points to you because you were a right. little bit more specific. I love the Wi-Fi example. The Wi-Fi, why cooking <laughs> dinner is like, 
the pristine example of just like, really? Now, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> Now's where we got to do this shit. Uh, so I'm going to give you a... I'm going to give you 20. Real quick, real yeah, quick. Man. I was going to say the... the I didn't do that. House. I didn't do that to you, right? When I, did I What's get you? I, I didn't do that, right? All these, like, now I'm just going to be self-conscious. Every time one comes up, I'm just going to be like, I, when did I ask you for the... I did ask you for the Wi-Fi password. But yeah, I but we were was... we weren't doing anything though. Right. That's fine. I mean, you acted at an opportune time. We're yeah. we're Paloma pounding, bro. Paloma we were pl- pounding. Yeah, exactly. And when they and when the and the commission commission two point were freaking out, you just you you sat there just silently, oh, yeah. like you were you were like a throw pillow on the sofa. Perf- oh man, that was even that's even still too present. Like I was just like the last thing they need to worry about is like my <laughs> comfort. Like do your guys' thing. Like I am fine. Please pay me no attention. Right, right, right. Uh, all, right, all right, buddy. That's gonna. We'll give you twenty. We'll give me uh, a ten spot because it's a real thing. Uh, all right, number two. I'll come out of the gates with the two. Let's switch it up a little bit. I like bit. it. I like it. The fucking bathroom. I know you don't have this because you have like three bathrooms like in your place or two. Like, and I, you were nice enough. I got to stay there. I'm always gonna pull it back to you. Sometimes there is, you know, if you're staying staying with the married friends, they have that extra bathroom where you just kind of do your thing. Be nice. I'm sure maybe you see right. it from the opposite angle, like someone leaving it like a fucking mess. But it's, you know, my problem was like friends come and stay. Like there's one bathroom. And, you know, I know when I shower in the morning and it ties a little bit into routine. Like I know like I'm going to the gym at one, like I need. And just like somehow the fucking house guest is always in there for an extended period of time. Like once you need to get in there, like it's even down to like the piss in the middle of the night, you get up and like, they just happen to be taking yeah. like a number two in the middle of the night. And you're just like, yeah, you yeah, have oh, to yeah. be fucking shitting me. Right. Right. No pun yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. It's like they're on vacation, but you're like, Hey, I got to go to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I know you just ate your basic four yeah, amazing. with uh 2% and now you're going to take a shit and I got to get, yeah, in the shower, I, I, I saw you bring that sports illustrated magazine in the bathroom with you. I know what your fucking plan is. Like, I got to get in there. Like I got to fucking figure this out. I got shit. To do. Right. And this goes back. This is the opposite. This is not the needy guest, but this is like the obtuse guest. It's like, look, man, it's seven fifty-eight. Like, we're th- this train is moving, and you're going at like a snail's pace. You're just exactly slow. Yes, like exactly. you just want to be like, I'm like, dude. Like, I want to say, brother. Like, congratulations on your vacation. Like, t- like relax, man. Get that relax on. I'm all for it. That being said, get the fuck out of my way. I am not on vacation. I'm glad you're here, right. not vacation here. You're doing a vacation thing. I'm not doing a vacation thing. Right. If you could just set your 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 stopwatch to 27 minutes, yeah. I'll be gone. You can have free reign of oh, this place. That, that brings up my constellation bracket is just, you know, because my place is small enough, like someone watching TV till like 2.30 in the morning and just kind of like that like that noise bleed that happens in the house is just like, yeah. brother, like I know you're on vacation. Like uh, you got to get a hotel, man, if you got to catch that like Jimmy Kimmel like at fucking 14% volume. Like I'll put in some earbuds, watch it on the screen. Right, exactly. And that's the thing, too. Is this is one thing I was reading when I was doing a little research on it. It made me laugh is like when they watch terrible TV, too, and they yeah. come in there like, hey, man, <laughs> Rock of Love, season four, coming back to it, Brandon. And you're like, what? what is this show? Oh, man. What oh, is this? God, we're going to eat in a number three so hard. What's your number two, brother? Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the 
the the leave clutter guy or or guest right the mm-hmm. leave clutter person right where they just kind of just they just they've got you know they've got their suitcase and they've got their briefcase and then they've got you know i've got they're drinking their coffee cup and it's there and then they got their water cup for lunch yeah. and it's there and it, and just shit just kind of just gets all over yeah the i thought place i thought yeah bit. i thought about that this is my constellation bracket too because it's i don't think you're saying like how much shit they bring it's just the fact that like all this shit has found like new residents in your home in different spots like it could all yeah. be together just in a corner and if you need it take it out of that corner put it back in that corner but and it's also I, i've seen your place like you know you'll see mine like one day everyone's home is built to house the exact amount of shit they have <laughs> so right, new shit right, right. in that house is all of a sudden it's just like it's just extra shit in the way right when you're a house guest three words Keep it tight. Keep it tight. Keep it, keep keep tight. Keep it tight. Just keep it tight. Keep, keep it all tight. your shit in your room. If you've got a room, if you've got a sofa, keep your shit in your bag. Don't fucking oh, sprawl out. Oh, you know what God, I mean? Yeah. Put your toiletries oh. like tucked away. You know, find something, bro. Just, just keep it tight. That's all I can say. Oh God. Um, it, yeah. That's so, like anxiety driving too. It's just like when I am someone's house guest, like just friend's wife or somebody, or just like someone like picking up the bag and being like, oh, like can we move it? It's just like, oh, I failed. I failed. I failed. You know what? I'll just, you know where you can move it? You can move it in the taxi cab I'm about to catch because I fucked up. Like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, all right, brother. We have a, I was a little bit more specific. Uh, you were right on that, so I'm still going to give you that extra five points. Uh, we're close to a dead heat. We got a 35 to 30 on my Ooh. bullshit scoring system. Uh, to our number one, we're up against it, brother. We got to get into this date night. I know we got facts about it, but we can't do that before we score our most coveted segment the neapolitan showdown what do you have at the number one brother for worst house okay. guest i'm gonna go with the doesn't respect your your shit guy mm. guest right slams doors bangs Ooh. cabinets maybe breaks a dish along the way damn no regard for no regard for your castle gets a little the, gets a little too fucked up sleeps maybe sleeps until like 2 p.m like maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe comes upstairs in their boxers and you're just like brother I have like fucking like little girls dog like I got a wife like figure this out right right yeah has the 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 bottle with the dip spit in it <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? smokes like, smokes inside asks to borrow cash yeah. <laughs> or right, right, orders yes. like asks you what the password is on your direct TV orders some pornography <laughs> that's pretty good all right uh, I actually like. In the spirit of you let me stay at your place, I'm going to let you call this final. I'm going to let you call it, brother, but I'm going to tell you my last one. My last one is uh, visiting, and they don't have fucking plans. So here's the fucking thing. Like, this is is basically the zenith, just kind of the apex of all this shit coming together is they show up, uh, they want to stay, it's cool, like, let have them in town, and then... Even so, it can go bad one of two ways, but it's definitely going bad. It's either I don't know what I'm doing with my free time, like what are you doing? So they just turn into like sidling on literally like everything you're doing in your life, like dinner, like maybe you have like plans. They're asking to come along. You feel a little bit that you have to change your dinner plans, maybe an event you had to go to, and now like you're changing it to bring them along. Or they don't have any fucking plans, and they're just sitting there watching TV just like in their pajamas. Like when you got up this morning, you come back, and they're still fucking sitting there, and it's just like – all right. Well, like in the morning, you're just like, all right, well, I'll see you. And like, what are you doing today? They're just like, nothing, you know, vacay, vacay every day. It's like amazing. <laughs> I guess I'll see you in fucking 11 hours. Like there's the, right. uh, 
Like, you know all the emergency numbers. You know where to get food. So that's, um, yeah, that that is always, like, when someone comes and they just, like, I kind of turn into the Sherpa, like, or the guide. Like, sure. this is what's going to happen. Sure. Like, it I like it. me out. So here's the thing is, yeah. is this, this hits a little close to home for me because I've never been. Now, I won't say I'd be the guy that's, like, leave and I'm in my PJs. They come back and I'm in my PJs. And it's been so long since I've, like, traveled without um, Dr. Mrs. The Commish, like, just solo, like, you know, man about town. Yeah. Uh, but I have definitely, like, and maybe maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's my personality or maybe it was just because I have a, a wife and she's she plans stuff or she likes to think about stuff. But I never have any idea, like, what's going on with anything. Like, I, I literally, like, we're, oh, we're going there. Like, what's the plan? Where am I supposed to be? Like, what's going on? Like, I, I, have, I have morphed into this thing where... I don't when I when we travel, I don't need to research the restaurants that we could be going to. Yeah, because I know, you know. Mrs. But also, but also, I'm talking about it. two things. Like, I'm not talking about like playing your vacation off the cuff. I'm just saying, like, when people show up and they're not there to. Even when I was visiting you, it's just like, yeah, like I want to see. You. And we knew like it was like going to be a tight window to see you. But it's it's people sure. like me being in New York. There's people that come to New York and they're just like, I want to be in New York. Can I see your place? And then there would be like, you know, someone else visiting. They're just like, I'm coming to New York. Like, hey, like what are we doing? What should we do? Like, I got time to visit New York. And it's just like, whoa, what do you mean? Like, what are we like? They're just like, oh, like show me the sites. It's just like the only, the only site you're going to, the only site you're going to see is me jumping off the Williamsburg bridge because I can't handle this. Right. So you're more talking about like, they put their, their vacation. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a little bit. Yeah. And and you feel responsible for their, their enjoyment level, Yeah, which I would never do that to you, Brandina. I just want you to know. (laughs) No, brother. I know. I just want to know. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing is is um, because I'm not near it's so this is like the tale of two worlds. I'm gonna go with the does not not because it's me and maybe it's a little retribution for all the the, the times that I felt like I got jobbed. But I'm gonna give myself 15 points to your uh, 14 points on that one. Sneak it out the tight <laughs> victory, my friend. You know what? That's I, I, what I was actually gonna do is I would give you bonus points for each human being you have to travel with when you go visit shit. So I was gonna have you. I was gonna have you win it by 3.5. So that's fair enough. Fair enough. All right, the thank win you, episode you. 40 goes to most awesome guys. We are up against it. Uh, we gotta plow through this to give them their hour of power, brother. Uh, but we're still gonna do it. Uh, bring us to that CA jam. Oh yeah, it's the map date night The showdown is where they fight Here they discuss if this movie sucks Why? Because this pot fucks I said this pot fucks Oh yeah, this pot fucks Alright, map date night I got my favorite pod partner he's looking really nice we get to spend a little time together which means a lot to us a candle is lit the amazon prime account set up and we fire up the little giants uh all right so we tackle basically kind of tent poles on this we're going to do initial thoughts then we're going to talk a little bit uh fun facts we have one toughest plot pills to swallow favorite lines where are they now and then we will rate this pod on a scale of one to five um out of the gate, brother. What do you thought? You hadn't seen this before, correct? I have not seen this. This is uh, this is the first time that I've seen it. Uh, I gotta say, I enjoyed it. I didn't mind Little Giants. I thought it was fun. 1994. You had uh, uh, 
shoot, I can't remember. Well, well, Rick yeah, Moranis. Yeah, I was going to say, you had two American treasures in Ed O'Neill, who is Ed home run hitter, and Rick Moranis, who he actually he went off the scene because his wife actually did pass away, and then he like raised his daughters. But it's just like, I forgot like how good. Those are like, they're just really good actors. And just like when you have like kind of like both those good actors kind of driving it like in the front seat, it's just it's probably going to be good. And it was a good script. Here's the thing that I also wrote, and I was like shocked by this because this is not your typical Rick Moranis character. This is not Honey, I I shrunk yeah, the kids, I like blew up the Ghostbusters kids. Ghostbusters or something. Ghostbusters, right? Exactly. This is Rick Moranis as Danny O'Shea, who mm. started off as like the geeky young brother, the nerdy kind of non-athlete, to Kevin O'Shea, played by N. O'Neill, who ends up going and winning a Heisman Trophy. Um, Danny O'Shea's got some fucking BDE in this movie, bro. <laughs> wow, good call out. He does, brother. He does. So, I wrote down Danny O'Shea. So much confidence. Yeah. So much confidence. Yeah. And this dude has just got swag for days. And I don't I know it. why. He owns a trucking company, right? Where he like basically like a mechanic shop with a dirt yard. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think it was like a gas station, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like right, that. right. But it's all dirt. There's no it's, <laughs> it's all dirt. Paved. It's a small town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a small yeah. town. Yeah, he's he's crushing it, right? Because that uh his that kind of crush. I don't know what she was thinking. I mean, she just has like a thing for nerds or something, but it's crushed from, you know, grade school back in the opening of the movie, like comes back to town. Uh, her son has Patty. Are you talking about the Patty Floyd? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, brother. You know how, what I'm talking how about. does he not have, well, first off, here's a, here's a tough, you want to talk about tough plot pills to swallow? You want to get into it? A not bit yet. Bit uh, a, little, a couple more initial thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'll save it. I'll save yeah, it. Yeah. No, no, it's good. Well, we are up against it. Maybe, you know, force us into it. Let's go. If, if there's something really important, we'll, we'll, Loop back and get it. I what don't do you know got, how bro? important it is. I don't know how important it is, but they lived in the same town. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, I don't know that Patty Floyd left. We only had really one tight little scene in the beginning to kind of show that there might have been anything. Yeah. And then there's no real, aside from the the scene where they like demonstrate all their uniform, like not even their uniforms, just like introducing them as the characters. There's no real interaction or banter between Patty Floyd, but yet she falls head over heels in love with them at the end and just head over heels he's yeah. on a big old wet one on him yeah she's also like she might be i don't want to call her as codependent like that's what i'm saying like let's just let's put things in perspective though she is moving back right. to her hometown that usually i mean if if that happens like two things are happening like you're either moving there to settle down but she is like right. a single mother with a son so yeah. it seems like a little bit more to be close to family would be my guess on that. Wait, did she did she did she move back to town? Or I think I think she, yeah, I think she moved back because it was because uh, Devin Sawyer wasn't the quarterback wasn't around uh, junior junior, and then yeah. like he he's like kind of a new kid right before like Spike gets there. So I, I would have to deduce the fact that Becky hadn't seen Junior before that they had just moved moved into town. So what's up with Urbania that with all this great football talent just moving into town? Then, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Spike and Junior just rolling in. Well, well, we'll we'll get into Spike. I mean, Spike. If you remember, Spike's dad said he specifically moved into that town so he could have yes, uh, yes. Kevin O'Shea coach his kid. This movie is oh man, it is uh, it it is good. Okay, so real fast, uh, some of my points I want to hit, and then we'll get to uh, plot pills, and then we. Wrap this motherfucker up. Uh, the kid's snot bubbles gross. I finally realized that it was actually CGI. <laughs> like it, like legit. Probably my like least favorite part of the movie. That and the, there's just too much farting. I know this is made for kids and whatever. Like I just yeah. like this. 
this is a tight script, and to me, the script was a little above like farts are hilarious. That's a that's so it's a comp. I'm actually complimenting the script. Sure, sure, sure. Yes, it is. It the 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 it is a film. Yeah, it's not just a movie. <laughs> it's a film. Okay. And, uh, this is a good uh, Mad Degrees of Separation movie. Let's. I'll keep this in my mind. Uh, they spend way too much time training for field goals. Like uh, I don't think you're yes. kicking fucking extra points in Pee Wee football, and you're yeah, sure shit yeah. ain't cooking field goals. And if they were that bad, then just go for two. Yeah. Right? Just, you know, I mean, you, you've got, uh, what's his name? Newbie, right? The geeky kid that helps out with the place. Like, have him drop, you know, the Philly special or some shit right yeah, there. Yeah, did you? you know what did, I mean? Yeah, I'm sure. Did you play Pee Wee football? I mean, I played a little. I don't I, super remember it. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I played okay. in middle school in seventh grade. I don't, I just, I sure shit don't remember extra points. There's a big one I want to get back to. Okay, I'm going to hit this because I'm going to do it on the, the sweet tip on why I actually do love this movie. The moment we're all over the map, we'll get toughest plot pills. So let's stay on the positive. Maybe there's a positive tip. When um, Becky's in the diner and she's kind of like has a crush on Junior, and then yeah. Kevin O'Shea, played by Ed O'Neill, her uncle, comes in and just kind of gives her a pep talk, and he's just like, and it's just like this movie, especially in this time period. I, I think it used to be on like such one avenue of like what the movie was. Like this was straight comedy, like. It's just like it's this heartfelt moment that let like actual human beings like triumph everything, and it was just like he was so much more of an uncle than like the opposing like coach, and he like they don't even really even talk about football. She and she's just like, "Do you think I'm pretty?" And he's like, right before he leaves, and he's like, "No, like I think you're beautiful." Like I've li- yeah, like yeah, I legit yeah. like it got fucking dusty in here for a beat, bro. Ooh, it, got it got decent. Dusty. <laughs> it got I dusty like for it. a beat, bro. Like got it. dusty. Uh, no, you're right. I will say it was uh, that's the best one of the probably the best scene. Yeah. In that whole right. movie, it just it's just great. It, it tugs at the heartstrings. Ed O'Neill is such a likable character when he wants to be. Um, yeah. And and yes, it's one of those things where it's like it's kind of got like a little bit of that schmaltzy feel to it, but just right, just like hits that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be, uh, note, Yeah, you know just, what I mean. It, it it rang true because like to me, it'd be schmaltzy if if I felt it was trying to like disingenuinely like make me feel something like if it right, was, right, right. if it was just trying to like, like Trojan horse a feeling in or trying to like hijack something or make me like think that like Kevin O'Shea like wasn't a piece of shit, but it was just like, right. it was so real. Like it ranked so true. I fucking like, I, I love it. And, and, he, just and, like, and he had daughters. It. Kevin O'Shea had daughters and a wife. Yeah. And they all kind of took the piss out of him a little bit too. So it's like, you know, we could talk a little bit about, but Kevin O'Shea really was just trying to like hold on to his glory and his football glory, and you could see like deep down he's like, yeah, I'm a big old football star, but my, my niece is hurting and I want to talk to him and I can still talk to her, like you know, be a, exactly be, not just a coach on the football field, but be a coach like in life. Yeah, exactly. And Give it's it, just like, yeah, like it just it it gave you it's all you needed to know that just like he's not a complete piece of shit. Unlike, I mean, we'll jump into plot points and pieces of shit now. Like his friend, like butts or whatever. Butts. This like what? What the fuck? This I fucking wrote, like gi- gi- this gigantic sophomore from high school. Like I don't understand. He's like a fucking like forty five year old like sophomore guy. I wrote on a line. What the fuck is Butts's deal? <laughs> yeah, it's just like he's like making fun of kids. Like it's just it's bizarre. Yeah, and then I wrote. The quote next to it: "Mother hand drowning their chicks." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, when he was there, it's yeah, like if those were my kids, like I would like. I don't like. I was like, so I guess my biggest 
probably my biggest problem with this movie would be like how the adults take peewee football a little too seriously where even like i know adults get into it like a little bit but it's like it's a little like we have you know spike's dad telling spike to like i I just i don't picture you telling like your 10 year old to like like try to like knock another like 10 year old out of the game like it's still like fucking peewee football it's peewee football in a peewee football game you're probably gonna win outright so who gives a shit Right. If you ever seen though, however, I will say this: if you ever seen like an episode of Friday Night Tykes, uh, or just no. basically YouTube, where fucking parents <laughs> go nuts. Yeah, I mean, I uh, you know yeah, fighting over that, I, like yeah. But I guess you're right. like, you're, to your point Maybe. though, with the spikes dad, like actually like you know calling for injury to another child that's, is, that's, is obscene. That's nuts. If that's nuts. And oh, butts, butts like that chick's line is like drowning a chick. It's fucking. If crazy. you guys haven't seen it in a while, like you should watch it. Just, there's just like this one character, like he's just like. I, it's basically it is if you just took like an eighth grader and made him huge and then like Ed O'Neill's sidekick and but he's just like he's, he's a piece of shit, uh, right? All right, but you got some pop, plot pills. Yes, so it's just hard to swallow, but it's like okay. So I, I mentioned Kevin O'Shea played by Rick Moranis, just having that BDE all over the place. BDE, BDE, swag, swag for days. Sure. But yet, like two or three times, they just keep bringing up about how his wife just abandoned him and their kid. Mm, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, like, I don't get it. Like, why, you know what I mean? Like, why, well, I think, why keep peppering it in? We'll, could we just die, just kill her off. No, I, th- I think, and I think, like, finally, um, yeah, I, I think our female listeners will like this a lot. Also, I think this is one of the best, like, tomboy movie kind of, like, growth arcs that I've seen. Like, I remember seeing, like, she is great at football. Uh, yeah. She doesn't have... Icebox. And, and the icebox. Like, the icebox. Um Later terrible on, name for a girl football player, by the way. <laughs> you like it or no? Terrible. Oh, terrible, terrible. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think they, I think they needed that to. I think it was still early '90s, right? So to establish like the tomboyism, like I, I don't think there was a lot of just like that naturally happened. There had to be like a cause for it, right? And the cause for this, like tomboyism, is the fact there wasn't a mom around, and he even gets called out, like Kevin calls out Danny O'Shea. You know, Icebox's dad, uh, played by Rick Moranis. We keep telling you in case you guys haven't watched it like fucking a day ago, like we did. <laughs> uh, he goes, hey, just did like, you know that Kevin O'Shea was Rick, Rick Moranis? <laughs> Rick Moranis? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I, I want to make a pop up video. Like, I want to put a little thing, but it's a podcast. I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's just pop like, uh, yeah, I, I think it was to double down. And, you know, uh, Kevin O'Shea says it. He's just like, you raised her like a boy. And that's why, you know, she likes boy things. But, they don't play football. But you can you can get around that any which way you want, but you don't have to make this traumatic thing where like, hey, your mom left me. Well, if, like, if they're you like, know, I, you, know. well, you have to explain why she's not there, so you have two options. So you need the mom not to be there to explain why she's a tomboy. Yes or no? Sure. In yes. the early nights. I don't, I don't think you have to do that, but that's the trope they went for. So you have to do that. Sure. So she can either be dead or she could t- take off. Because if like Rick Moranis leaves her then like or divorces her or cheats on her, then like, he loses all sympathy points. He loses that BDE, and we don't give a shit about him. But even but if he walks, if she walks out on him, I don't know how this guy has the BDE that he has, and though yeah. you know what I mean, and why he is such like a confident, nice guy. Yeah, you know what I mean, maybe, and why the, you know what I'm saying, like may, it, it, maybe it, that makes him more endearing. Like the fact it was just like, hey, like I wasn't what she needed, but like what's most important is like I know I'm a catch. I like being a nice guy. Like maybe she didn't like nice guys, and he was just like, I like being a nice dude, so. You go do what you're going to do. Like, make sure I keep Becky the icebox, and we're good. <laughs> Bye.
bottom line, there is a there's some sort of exposition scene in there that did not make the cut. I want to get the oh, director's cut. <laughs> you of want director's giants. cut of little this giants? This will all fucking come together. Give me that Magnolia, that P.T. Anderson, like two hour, like forty nine minute cut of little giants, please, if you don't mind. Um, right. Toughest build. Uh, I'll go through this real fast. I'll let you in. Why the fuck does? Um, what does our boy want to be a wide receiver if he can't fucking catch any footballs at all? Find a different position, man. Why did it like oh, Hannon or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Is, like literally, literally the day before the game, like his dad's throwing him footballs and he cannot catch a single fucking football. Like, why do you want? Like, why would you want to be something like you literally like cannot do? And it, right, like, exactly. why would you throw him the ball? That's no good. Uh, I'll fly through. I, I got to limit myself because we're all up against it. Um, I have to go with. Obviously, that's the biggest one. I'm, I'm going to let go of John Madden bus getting lost in camp and everyone, like, they're pulling over to get trained. Oh, that's fine. Um, Be- still better lineup of talent than in, in our previous oh, map date night, uh, Space Jam, where it's like at least these <laughs> yeah. guys were, like, Hall of Famers. That's true. Smith, that's Bruce true. Smith, that's Tim Brown, John Madden, and Steve um, Edmund. It's like, oof. I owe you know. an apology for Space Jam. You have a tight schedule. You have little girls. You have a family. You have shit to do. And I had you watch Space yeah. Jam. I'm a piece of that's shit. That's all right. That's uh, all right. So uh, my last two toughest plot pills – so, okay, so they said uh, the Giants got the ball back. Oh, so these will tie in together, actually. Then I'll end it. Okay. So the little Giants win this game. That is obviously the toughest plot pill to swallow. Like, even, like, maybe in basketball, like, you know, baseball, if something can happen. These are just, they literally throw 20 kids. You take the top 10 kids. You make them one team. You take the bottom eight, pull two more off the street. You make that the other team. And then somehow, like, this, you know, this... This little Giants team wins. They, there's no way they were only – they scored a touchdown on the first drive the Cowboys did, um, and then they scored on the second one. Spike runs up the kid's block, ba- uh, his back, and then they blocked a punt and scored it for a touchdown. That all took, like, fucking a minute and a half. But, right. like, all of a sudden we're going to halftime down 21 nothing. Everyone's losing their mind. They're down 21 nothing. want to give up. 21 nothing is a fucking gift <laughs> if, if, they, if the little yeah. Giants got in a halftime with that score. And, and the last one is, so when they do do the stop to, uh, when the game's tied, so what happens is Spike runs. He gets tackled. He gets brought down at the one-yard line. And then it's just it's, – it's a plot hole. It's not even – it's a script mistake, actually, because then he does the sweep, and it's when – you know, uh, Kevin O'Shea's like, they know the play, they know the play. They sweep Spike right. back to their side. They tackle Spike short of the goal line, and they give the Giants the ball. It was first and goal. Was it first and goal? It was first and goal. Yeah, because the play before, they run it all the way down with the kids hanging on his on Spike's back, and he gets tackled at the one-yard line, and they're oh, high-fiving. It's I first and that, goal. Yeah. Icebox stops Spike, and they're just like, Giants ball is just like that's not fucking Giants ball. It's second and yeah. goal is what it is with six seconds left. Right, right. Yes. Oh, that's a great catch. I can't believe I missed that one. That's uh, that's a worse error than what happened in that Colorado game in the years where they give them uh, five five attempts at the goal lines uh, at, the, at the goal line. I don't know if you wow. remember that game at all. No. Do you walk that? Five- do you walk that back? Or there's nothing you do. Like it's over. It's over. Oh, it's over. Yeah, yeah. This is years ago. This is like in the eighties. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, can I pause you real fast, buddy? Yeah. Sorry, can we clap real fast? I just I gotta take yeah. a piss. I'm gonna piss my pants. Yeah. Right. One, two, three.
Thanks, buddy. No worries. What, what do we have left? Do you want to talk about best lines and then and then rate it real quick? What did you say? I said, what do you want to talk about uh, best lines and then rate it, or where are we at still in the in the? Oh yeah, did you have did you have a plot pill? I I kind of hijacked the plot pill, so if you have one, we it's can... all right. I just have I just have. Well, let's clap it. Let's clap it and do it. I have, I, just yeah, do, do it. I, have, I have more of observations than anything. Okay. Oh, sorry. One, two, three. Oh shit! Sorry, do it again. Third sticks. Yep. One, two, three. Okay, cool. I I, be, I took a half second on that <laughs> second clap there. I was like, oh, wait, I need a clap. Stop. Oh yeah, I messed it up. Uh, yeah, so that's a big. Yeah, it's just like I can't. Uh, so that's a big thing. I just don't. There's no way the fucking little giants win this fucking football game, and that's the fact. No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Because because Kevin O'Shea is he's a Heisman winning collegiate football player. They never mention if he makes it to the pros or not. Um, they and, didn't. And I do think and, and I do think it's hilarious that they make him a car dealership owner because that's like what every Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner. It's will perfect. Go it's to. perfect. Yeah. Like that. That's perfect. That's perfect. But yes, like once they score that first touchdown, the it's Giants over. do. It's over. Yeah, yeah. He sits there and goes, "Give it to Spike. We're gonna three yards in a clown of dust, and we're just gonna grind them. Grind the fucking football game. Yeah. There's like yeah. all you have to do is we do like, and we'll get to our air horn things. We'll do uh, favorite lines. Where are they now? Real fast, and then we still have where are they now? It's gonna be a lot of fun. Okay, so we'll get to it. Yeah. But I, th- I think the big thing is all you have to do is when you get to that point in the movie where they actually play the football game, and it gets to like uh, the third quarter when the score is like tied up. Go back and just watch Rick Moranis draft these kids, and just take a look at those kids, and then take a look at yes. like what the Cowboys are doing. I remember like right. there's just there's no like football isn't the place where just like. We'll willpower this win. And, and and here's the other plot point. Why the fuck don't they make Rick Moranis like a football savant? Yeah. They had him in the scene in the beginning, kind of setting it up where it's like, hey, Kevin, you know, there's a little Yeah, kid, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. Are you going to throw me 50 touchdowns or 100 touchdowns? And then his, his, his older brother shoes him away. And just for the kids that are good, they can play. Why doesn't he just in a, get in a booth and just study football? But yet they make him when he challenges when when older Kevin Shea O'Shea and 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 Danny O'Shea are challenging each other to start the game. Kevin O'Shea, I'm sorry, excuse me, Danny O'Shea doesn't even know. He's like, I'll meet you at, at the at the at the center court or something like that. Yeah, and exactly. She's like 50 yard line. Yeah, it's like you don't know shit. So now you're coaching these people. You don't know shit. That's a great point, brother. Yeah. No one's even coaching these kids on how to how to get them up to speed. Yeah, and you're relying. On, you know what I mean. It's more. Yeah. yeah, it's more participation trophy. Like you know, Becky kind of calls out when Becky does bring home that cheerleading dress. She's going through her thing, which is awesome. Like I love it. Like you do you, Becky. But uh, you know, Rick Moranis, like he says, it's just like I'm doing this for you. Like you wanted to do this, and she was like, No, you're doing this for you. But it's not true. I don't like Rick Moranis didn't want to do God this. God damn like, it! God damn it! You stole it. Oh really? My, oh, you brought I, that up? I love. I love it so much. Oh. No, no, no. Here it is. That's my favorite line of the movie because, first off, twofolds. One, it's 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 quintessential. Like it's a microcosm for having kids, right there, right? Yeah. All right. Because it's like I have this girl who's like super into football. All she wants to do is football. And then it's like, hey, I thought I was doing this for you. And she's like, you're you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for you. And Ooh. you're like, huh? What the fuck? Little uh, little little about? uh, ma ma parenting tip for Danny O'Shea. I love it. Yeah, no, it's yeah, more more uh, empathizing with Danny O'Shea. It's like, yeah, bro, we've all been there. You don't know what your fucking kids are talking about. 
of course we're doing this for you. This is all you talk about. You're you're crying yourself to sleep because your uncle cut you from the Pop Warner football team. Of course yeah. I'm doing it for you. I did, you yep. you made me do this. You made me take this back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, that brings us into favorite lines. Great pull, brother. Uh, I got to do this one real fast at the very top of the movie. They're uh, trying out. The kid has food in their helmet. Uh, Kevin O'Shea pulls off the helmet. He has his lunch in there. And uh, Kevin O'Shea is just like Cheetos. Butts goes, um, or uh, Butts says, what's in his helmet? He's like, and Butts says, Cheetos. Kevin O'Shea says, crunchy or puffed. <laughs> Butts says, puffed. And then. Ed O'Neill yeah. without missing a beat, just like wimp. I just, I just, I love that. Yeah. Just like that fast exchange where it's just like he judges people on what kind of Cheetos they eat. Um, right. I, I will. Which I would say. Which I would say. He's probably accurate on that. I. Yeah. It made me. You go crunchy on Cheetos. I haven't eaten a puffy Cheeto since. I don't want to be exactly uh, that like that little fat kid is so funny when Spike calls him he's just like and you fat lineman and he like he does his <laughs> Igor over and he's like you rang <laughs> he's just like that kid's hilarious I hope he's still getting work um, yeah and uh, okay I, I get it we're running out of town so I, I gotta narrow this down okay when Ed O'Neill and Butts are spying on the little giants when they start getting and he's just like and Butts is such oh, yeah. an idiot and he's just like and he's just like, and the lineman, he's got him in the backfield. And the, and the, the running back, he's over by the, the gas station. The quarterback's not even in the field. Like, Ed O'Neill just looks at him and he's just like, they're standing around, butts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That is- oh, okay, and the last one is the the, the dork kid says, uh, when they realize they don't have Becky coming out in the actual final game, um, <laughs> she's uh he says without icebox spike's gonna rip off my face and wear it for halloween <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. even that's so it's good. uh the the cheryl berman's kid i don't remember what they called him but yes oh, he's in there yeah, and, he, and like spike is, i i love it when and this is just a great sight gag where spike is like i'm gonna rip off your head and this little kid uh, who like is in this like uh, uh, ill-fitting uniform like you just see him like grunting and he's just squeezing <laughs> yeah. his head into his thing it is it's it's great that kid i i love that kid yeah yeah he uh he nailed it. you got any any more lines before where are they now bro no 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 let's get all right let's let's do it um right. okay so real fast i'll fly through mine you do you uh spike's dad spike's dad reminds me of chris cooper from american beauty i don't know if they're brothers or if it's the same guy that was recast <laughs> like just like like just like this yeah. super like or like uh, like alpha male but like overcompensating uh, i'm gonna go with junior did marry that cheerleader kevin o'shea's daughter uh, and they're sure. The, I I had a feeling that Junior like got into some like Barbizon modeling, like mm. really got into it. Like Mrs. Uh, Mrs. His mom uh, or Patty Floyd, yeah, was a little like you know overcompensating for her divorce and then re you know re coming back to Urbania, and yeah. uh, he's a pretty boy. Uh, I think he peaks in high school. Unfortunately, he never leaves because. He's fine. He's got a great. Yeah. Girls, ladies love him. Every kid looks at him like, oh, you know, he's got a golden arm. Yeah. You know, but not good. Not good enough to get you know to to the to collegiate level. 
No, no, no. You know it's a boy, our boy, uh, our boy Casper. It's kind of like uh, peeking in little giants and then fading out around sometime around idle hands. Art imitates <laughs> life. Um, yeah. When I've um, oh. our girl Becky at thirty six. Uh, I'm gonna go. She's the first woman football coach in uh, their hometown. I think she coaches like the varsity football team when she gets a little older. Hometown girl. Uh, I don't. I don't picture the dad leaving. I think she stays there and. Yeah, kind of right, pushes right. that. Yeah, yeah. She might. I. She, I might. I might say she goes up to college. She comes back. Unfortunately, Danny O'Shea gets a little ill. Comes back. You know, make sure that uh, you know O'Shea Trucking comes back to yep. life. Yep, gas yep. station. You know, and and the and the families are bonded. I want to say this. You know what I mean? The families get together a little bit closer. We got both their names. We got both their name in the water towers. Uh, bygones would be yep. bygones. We're coaching like Sundays with the family are a big thing. A lot of barbecues. I like I like Becky running the gas station for sure. Still got that tomboy streak. Coaching the football yep. team and just yeah, love it. Ooh, I love. I'm already. We're setting this up for little giants too. By the way, ooh, I'll take this? that. Yeah, bigger giants. I'm down. Bigger giants, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. Now she takes this. Becky O'Shea takes this ragtag crew. Yeah, right? like it's a, it's a little like uh, it's a little Portman's Friday Night Lights. You know, like a little varsity yeah. blues action. Just takes like this kind of varsity team that's just kind of getting shuffled up and trying to make a name for themselves. Maybe 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 the big like the big job. The factory moves out of Urbania, right, Ooh. which was pouring money into this city. Now this once great football town, hard on its luck. Yeah. Becky O'Shea comes back oh, man. to now lead these kids, not just in a local football tournament. Because remember, in Little Giants, that's what they were competing to get yeah. into. Was it? Oh, yeah. Like a national, like nationwide uh, Pop Warner football. Now they're there. Yeah. Now we're there. Well, we're talking, we're talking varsity out. football teams, though, right? Like I like yeah, oh, yeah sure we could do but we could, I like the idea like like you, Spike you tell, you tell me Spike way. Spike's coaching a team interstate like yes. he's still in the same state and that's like the state yes. championship Woo! Spike Spike yes I love it Spike who uh, had had maybe made maybe made it to the professional realm right or maybe yeah. high level or maybe maybe a uh, little little XFL. A little, a XFL, little, right? Yeah, a little bit. Had some PED suspensions right now. It's tarnished his career. <laughs> That's, I had it right here. I, I said, where are they now? Uh, Spike had a very, like, Latimer, like, the program journey. You know, got to college ball, got a little hyped up on that, like a little uh, little HGH, uh, got yeah. busted, maybe uh, accidentally beat up a girlfriend, uh, did a little time, yes. did fucking yeah. th- three to five. And comes out and coaches a like a little startup team in South Pennsylvania. I love it. If we weren't working up on the script for Little Giants two, my mm. where is they where are they now for Spike is is that he went the Todd Marinovich route, totally mm. quit football, just smokes weed and plays bongo drums. But I like mm. our route now. Oh, I like a little, little Giants a little two. Better. Yeah, well, let's do that. So um, James Ferguson, who the story's by, why don't you? I'll let your boys at the MAB Sports Podcast. We got time. We shout these pods. We're gonna we'll, workshop the shit out of this. You get bro. you. You know what? Reach out to us, James Ferguson. Get on the pod. Let's talk about Little Giants too. Let's make this happen. Uh, all right, real fast, brother. Uh, before we get to our MVPs and shut this mother down, let's rate this on one to five air horns. Let's go. And we start in three, two, one. I gave it a five. I give this is all for what we're talking about. This is 
This is all what you need. It's a funny script. It's engaging. It's not too long. It's inspiring. It's got multiple storylines. Yeah. It was able to balance like sports with like family still mattering. And a big thing I think we look for on MAB Sports Podcast, let's be honest, is like the sports scenes have to be believable. And that like that that pop like little uh like football game with the peewees, believable. That championship game was believable. There's no like kind of weird shots. Sure. Yeah, I uh I I took it just one star down i gave it four 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 air horns i should say yeah um simply for the fact that it didn't it just kind of a lot of stuff was at the surface we didn't really get deep into it i would like to see a little bit more nuance in it so i give it uh four air horns well that's why you're the talent uh i'm easy to please and you take a deeper dive uh (laughs) real fast let's get into our mvp of the week Uh, i'm going matt weiner Uh, if you haven't checked out the romanoffs yet uh our boy that created mad men is back and he's doing fucking Damage. I know right now we are in the golden age of just about all sorts of storytelling, so there's so much shit going on, so it's really hard to keep a finger on the pulse. Uh, I'm just giving you my personal recommendation. If you like my tastes, which some people do, so some people don't, uh, I have fell back into Matt Weiner's spell, uh, so check out Romanoffs. It is on Prime, so if you have Amazon Prime account, it is free. Check it out. Uh, I am going to go... I'm going to actually go just on the Insta tip. I... We've got our Instagram followers out there, our, our, our Twitter followers that are out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna cite two, uh, the Candy Capper follower of ours. You're my MVP of the week, my friend. Oh, and then I got one more. I got one more. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You keep calling on our followers all day. That's what makes us grow, brother. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on Twitter. I just selected these guys at random. Kalen J Hall. He's a big NBA fan. A little big NBA fan. Follows us on Twitter. You're, both of you guys, MVP of our week. Uh, Kalen Hall, uh, I believe he he might be in fucking Europe right now. Might be in Europe Ooh. right now. Yeah, doing a little show. So we will. Uh, you know what? I will double down on your second, your constellation bracket, moving to the top spot by doubling down on. I hope they're breaking a leg over there in Europe. Doing a show called Lured. Uh, they raise money. Break a leg, guys. Uh, really proud of you guys. Uh, this has been the MAB Sports Podcast. Guys, go ahead and subscribe. Tell a friend, leave five stars. I know we keep asking, but it really does mean a lot. We love doing this shit. We love having you guys listen to this hour of power. We might have bled a little long this week, but I hope you had fun. We had a blast. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Anything you want to hit us with, guys. Like We love reading your emails on air. Like Hit us with hour of sour recommendations. Uh, you guys play along with Mab Degrees and Separation. If you have two you want us to connect let us know. And you know what? You guys can call our next date night. What should we cuddle up and watch? Let us break down a little movie. We have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I am Brandana. We'll see you next week. Why don't you sign yourself off most awesome? Guys, after watching Little Giants, I'm going to move myself and my kids to Ermabia and have my linebacker daughter, Ice Mab. Style. Fame. She likes fashion. Uh.